0: Hi, welcome back to Cycling Talk podcast with me, George Mahoney. I have another special episode for you all today. This time is with the incredible Gosser van der Meer. Gossa spoke to me way back in the summer of 2020 and has done so much to support me since then. He always takes the time to message me about my racing and congratulate me and I always love hearing about what he's been up to. If you don't already follow Gosser on Instagram, make sure to follow him at gossinky for some awesome stories and posts. So over the past couple of months, Gosser has been racing in the USA. He's been doing C1 races, C2 races and also World Cups. He arrived back in Europe a couple of weeks ago, so me and Gosser took the chance to chat about his time in the USA and some other racing that he's done this year. Hi, Gossa. It's been a long time since we've spoken, and it was way back in the summer of 2020. Since then, you've had the 2020-21 cyclocross season, and you've also had the mountain bike season. You've travelled to lots of different places, doing all kinds of cycling, and now you're in the USA. First of all, can you tell me about some of the mountain biking you did earlier this year?
1: Boo! Yeah, I did uh, 25 mountain bike races this summer, but oh. I didn't do the cross-country, so uh, so the laps, but I do the marathons, so like the long ones from A to B, and I mainly did the stage races mm. because, yeah, during the whole COVID, the whole traveling was a bit harder. I was like, yeah, if I travel to a race, I want to do like multiple days, and yeah, I saw there was a lot of racing still in Italy going on, so I uh, drove my camper to Italy and I think I stayed in Italy for like one and a half months to do a lot of races there. And yeah, it went pretty well. I think I won eight times and, uh, yeah, I got to do the, do the mountain bike transalp together with, uh, Nikki Terpstra, and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was really cool. And, uh, yeah, it was a good, uh, it was a good summer and yeah, now I'm in the U S but the week before I flew to the U.S., I actually uh, went to the polar circle all the way up North in Finland also for a mountain bike stage race again. So, uh, Yeah, I had a a good summer, did a lot of races, had a lot of fun, and yeah, it was good.
0: How did you plan your trip over to America? Was it difficult to get over there because of COVID?
1: Oh man, it was a mess. So uh, America had like a ban, so they were like, yeah, we close the borders and we don't want foreigners or foreign people to come in here. Uh, Unless you had like an American passport, you were uh, married to an uh, American person, and yeah of course I didn't have any of those so I had to apply for visas all the time and the first two times my visa application got turned down and then it took more and more and more work because the first time I applied in the embassy in the Netherlands and then I tried the Dutch embassy in Germany but yeah both times it, it didn't they it didn't work out and eventually I got a lot of help from USA Cycling and from the uh, Olympic Committee, like the Olympic sports organizations in the U.S., and actually they helped me to get the visa through the American Homeland Events uh, Affairs. So actually, I didn't get the visa from my own country's embassy or like from the American embassies in my own country, but I uh, got them straight through America. Like uh, yeah, we sorted from here. So they, yeah, I printed all the letters and all the emails and all everything I had, and then I went to the yeah, I went to the to the airport and I think I had like 27 pieces of paper printed out. But uh, yeah, it worked.
0: So you did your first weekend of racing in the U.S. in mid-September. How did you find the U.S. cyclocross different to the European racing that you're used to?
1: Oh, yeah. So so the racing is uh, like, how do you say, like the whole scene, like all the people here are a lot different. Yeah. Uh, like, like the main thing is people are a lot nicer here to each other. Like at the races, like you, like, I mean, like the racers against each other. So for example, like, yeah, if you come to like, like racing in Belgium, like it's this very big group of riders who are battling for this very small amount of contracts. So everybody just wants to win the race or like wants to get the best result. And like, we're not here to make friends, you know, and, And we also have like a lot of times if you race on the Saturday and you race on the Sunday again, you have to travel in between those races. So you do the race and you come to the race with your camper, with your mechanic, with your materials. You do the race within one hour after the finish line. All the stuff is back in the camper and you move to the next race. And here in the U.S., we race on Saturday and Sunday on the same course all the time. So they sometimes we race to the left side and then on Sunday to the right side or they make some extra. Things to the course, but yeah, it's more like weekends out here, and yeah, I I described it also to someone else. I said, like, the in America, there's a big like hangout vibe, like, (laughs) people like to hang out with each other, and like, oh, yeah, it's so cool to see all my friends here again from the races and everything. But for us, for the guys who race like in the elites in front, like, for us, it's also like, how do you say, like, it's business, like, hey, we're here to do well, like, most of the guys, like, yeah, it's your job, so like you're really focused on doing that. So that, that, that's a pretty pretty big mix in the, in the events, but it makes it also really cool. And yeah, I also think what's really, really cool is like people, uh, the, the supporters, like the number of people who come watch the races, is, it's not very high, but the people who come to the races, they're very loud. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, yeah, that, that's really cool. And also, for example, that first race I did, it was crazy hot. It was like 34 degrees Celsius. And they just put like gi- giant swimming pools next to the course and <laughs> the spectators were just sitting in the swimming pools, watching the race. So that was, a, that was pretty cool.
0: Was it just you that traveled over to the U S or did you travel with someone?
1: Yeah. So I went alone. Of course, I had a lot of guys from Europe uh, went over for the world cups, but I already went a few weeks earlier and I stayed a few weeks longer and yeah, I went, went over alone. And here in the i S I'm, I'm traveling with a lot of different people and, for example there's a, there's an american team it's called the Gem fund team and they're here from from massachusetts where I'm also, also i'm staying now with with the owner of the team and they uh, yeah they helped me a lot in the first few weeks they drove me all over the races everywhere and then for a few weeks i went traveling with uh, the canadians so i was uh, traveling with the canadian national team <laughs> plus me <laughs> so it was uh, michael vandenham you maybe know him he races also a lot in europe and together with his mechanic avery and uh another 23 rider from uh from canada his, his name was leaf and yeah that was me so we were traveling with the four of us in the in a little van to do all the world cups and the and the races around that so that was that was really cool and then you're staying with the four of them and it's also important like you can see at the cost of course hey, we instead of renting an airbnb on your own like if you rent it with four people it's a lot cheaper like if you make food with four people like we just split everything and then yeah we also could get the cost down for everybody and just yeah a lot of fun racing
0: yeah it sounds like a lot of fun with all the traveling that you were doing in between races was it difficult to get a chance to recover
1: yeah so normally at home like the the traveling is a lot less so often like driving 10 to 12 hours between races is like pretty normal so last weekend i was racing in, in northampton but the weekend before indianapolis i think it was like a 16 hour drive mm-hmm. and yeah it's well you do double weekends so i've been racing double every weekend so you go to the course on friday then saturday sunday is a the race then monday and tuesday you're driving and then yeah you can only do like maybe good training on the wednesday and and sometimes half on the thursday but on friday you're leaving already again for the races and everything so yeah it's really important to yeah to try to stay as calm and relaxed as possible to like be able to recover because like yeah if you say like time in a van like you're just sitting but yeah if you sit in a van for 12 hours you're not really recovering you know you do heavy races and then after those races you're sitting in the van all the time which is not too good for your legs or for your back or for for anything so yeah it's really important to keep going a bit but yeah just you just have to yeah i kind of like just have to stay in like i just go i know like i'm gonna sit in this van and one moment up in the next two days i will arrive home i just don't know just don't know yet when so that's basically it. And yeah, it's it's a mm-hmm. lot of hours in the van. And you have to be really careful to don't eat enough, eat, don't eat too much candy and stuff like that. Because if you're traveling all the time, like it's it's easy to eat some, some little snacks during the day. or like to, oh yeah, oh. And then you stop at a gas station. And yeah, when like for European guy in America, like everything is weird. Everything is new. Like, oh, I want to try these candies. Oh, I want to try these. Oh, this looks yeah. cool. And yeah, so it's really important to like also keep keep your head in the game like oh i'm not here to eat candy or not here to do this and especially in america like the food in in, in the uk or the food in in, in europe where, where we live it's i would say like the quality is a lot better so yeah you have to you have to be really careful with with that to to stay yeah to stay clean with with your food and yeah hope for the best basically
0: so after your first weekend of racing in the u.s you had another weekend and that was the first two rounds of the u.s cyclocross league in rochester uh, can you tell me about how the u.s cyclocross league has gone for you so far this season
1: yeah so it's uh that one is over now it was four weekends eight races uh they were all on uh, on gcn and eurosport so they were also all on tv uh, at home for us and, yeah, that was also one of the reasons I went over to the U.S., because I knew the races will be on the TV. And it's important for my sponsors to, to be on the TV. And, you know, if I go to the U.S. and do good in those races, I'm on the TV, everything. And, yeah, eventually I wrote, uh, I looked really good at all the races. Uh, I, I was never on the podium. I was, oh, I was on the podium one time. Yeah, I was on the podium in one of the races, but I was always, always good. So always in the top 10, always like up there. And where other guys, they had like really bad races or, or a crash or anything. Like I was just, just riding good every time again. And eventually I got so much points by doing that all the time that I even finished second in the overall classification. So uh, it was Caddy Werner who won. And uh, yeah, I got uh, I got second in the overall standing. So that was actually pretty pretty cool. And yeah, it was uh, for me a really good trip so far.
0: I really loved being able to watch them from here in the UK. I think it's great that we can now see the races out there.
1: Yeah. I heard a lot of people who uh, who were watching from home and uh, yeah, it's really cool. And the races is very different because yeah, they're they're not, they've not been so muddy yet. So Mm. the races are a lot more like tactical and there's more happening, like more people changing positions all the time. Yeah. Because the courses are pretty wide and they're, they're not super technical. So they're a bit like the courses in the UK, but in the UK, they're, they can be like really deep muddy, deep mud, and you don't really have that so much here in the US because a lot of the races are like in parks or everything. So if it's wet, like it never gets really deep mud. It gets really slippery, but not really deep. And yeah, and also most of the time the weather is pretty good. So the races are really fast and sometimes it's just a criterion on grass. Like the races go really fast now and then.
0: How have you found doing so many double weekends?
1: Yeah, so this is the first time I've done so many double weekends. I also even done a weekend with three races, Friday, Saturday, Sunday on Jingle Cross. Yeah, it's it's hard. But also on the other hand, as I said, like you always have two races on the same location. So that makes it a lot easier to, mm. because you don't have to travel between the races, you know, like Saturday race, and you can leave your tents up there, your materials, or whatever. Like just and then Sunday you come back to the race and you're like, okay, I know most of the course already. Yeah, I did the race before today. Now we race the other side around, or we do the same same course with some different different new some some new sections. So actually, like if I would have to do like nine double weekends in a row in Europe, it would completely wreck my body. I would be crazy tired. But here it's actually it works pretty well because also, all the American riders and everybody has to travel really far between the weekends. So once you're at the race, yeah, it's always better to do Saturday, Sunday instead of driving 14 hours for a one, one day race. And a lot of guys also fly to the races. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you have to fly from one side of America to the other side for like a one hour bike race, yeah, then, then it's better to do two days in a row if you're already there.
0: How was riding and running Mount Crumpet so many times?
1: Oh man. I think I, I think I almost set the record there that weekend because I did it more than 40 times. <laughs> and uh how to say, yeah, it's it's may, it might be hard to understand, but it gets easier over the time. So uh yeah, so the first race I did was the Friday evening tingle cross. It was pretty wet there. Mm. So I think we had to do 12 laps and I just rode up it like maybe two or three times because it was like really slippery and everything. But yeah, as the weekend evolves and more races were coming, like there was a much better line written into it. And yeah, once we came to the World Cup on Sunday, we did 10 laps, I think because they, they kept making the course a little bit longer. So actually on Friday, we did, did 12 laps because the course was shorter. Then Saturday, 11 laps because they added an the extra loop to the course. And then on Sunday, we only did 10 laps, but you climbed the Mount Crumpet once from the one side, but you also climbed it again from the other side, from the back. But I did that really steep one, more than 40 times, and including all the pre-riding, but yeah, once there was a really good line in it, then you knew exactly like, oh, I have to go here, here, here. If I'm at this bump, I have to stop pedaling. If I push my bike over this route, I can pedal again and then I make it to the top. So, yeah, it, it, it got better over time. I, my legs didn't got better, but the, mm-hmm. I, knew, I knew better where to ride.
0: And how about the people handing out the money on the course?
1: Yeah, that was actually a really, uh, really cool. There, yeah, there, there is some gray area around it with, with like the rules because I think there is like some kind of like UCI rule that like you're not allowed to to take stuff from, from the crowd. So if someone hands you a bottle, you're not allowed to take it and drink it. Then you're disqualified. So I wasn't 100% sure like, hmm, Am I allowed to take these dollars or not? Because it was a C1 race and I was like in place five or six or so. So I was like, yeah, it's, this is a really good, this is a really good result. I don't want to like be disqualified for grabbing some dollars. But then I saw some other guys doing it as well, like some of the American riders who were riding in front of me. And then I was like, well, if this dude is like risking to lose a podium spot in a C1 race, where C1 race also has a lot of prize money. Like, if he risks that to grab a few dollars from the crowd, it's like, well, that's pretty safe to do. And then I think it was in, in the last lap, there was, like, 30 seconds in front of me, a rider. There was, like, 30 seconds behind me, a rider. So I could not win any spots anymore. I could if, if I just stayed on my bike, I would not lose any spots anymore. And then there was one guy who had, like, a fishing rod, a fishing pole with a, a thing like you, you put the laundry on, the the, the clips. He had one of those hanging on there, and uh, with with a dollar in there. And every time someone tried to grab it, but he but they missed, he put an extra one in there. And then someone else tried again, and they missed, and he put an extra one because mm-hmm. I can tell you it's a lot harder than you think. It's it's not really easy to be riding like this, bumpy. Keep your hands on the bars. Try to see someone who's holding money up. Try to grab the money because you also have to like grab it in the right position. Then you have the money but like your racing suits don't have pockets. So, so where do you put it? And then I saw this guy with the fishing pole. I was like, that looks like a lot of money because the, the stake was pretty big. And then I just, I was like, ah, oh, I just give it a try. So I tried it one time and I grabbed $16 in one go. So I had 16 pieces of paper. And I was like, shit, what do I do with it now? And one of my friends stood a little bit further up uh, Mount Crumpet and I was doubting to like show it to him. But, yeah, I was like, yeah, if I grab the money and if I throw it to someone, like, it goes flying everywhere. So, I, I was, as I was riding up that mountain, I had, like, these $16 $1 bills in my hand. Like, I tried to fiddle them up, and I put them below my bib shorts. So, I was, like, them below my pants. <laughs> but they were, like, st- sticking out a lot. And I was like, Oosh. I don't know if it's allowed to take the money. So, I don't want to pass the start-finish line where, like, the UCI people are with, like, a lot of money sticking out of my bib shorts. Mm-hmm. because then they're also like hey how did you get the money during the race so before heading to the start finish line I, I put everything like really down my bib shorts so you didn't see it anymore And then i passed the start finish line <laughs> and then i got 16 dollars
0: <laughs> so you've done so many races in the past two months uh i think it's three world cups four c1 races and 11 c2 races what have been your highlights from your time in the U.S.?
1: Boo! Yeah, so, like, for me, I was I was really happy to uh, to win the race in Indianapolis two weeks ago because I wanted to come to the U.S. I was like, oh, I really wanted to win a race here. That was, that was a big goal. And, yeah, I was happy to win. Uh, another highlight was, yeah, getting second in the overall of the USCX because also, like, yeah, that was one of the goals for me, like, hey, to come to the U.S., uh, plan everything to – yeah, to be able to do all the races here. And I was like, oh, yeah, I just want to do really well here. And, yeah, to get finished second in the overall. And, yeah, just, yeah, not all highlights. Like, I've visited more than 20 states so far in the U.S. So I did a lot of races, but I also did a lot of, like, been been all over the country. So that was pretty cool. And I, I went to an, uh, two times to an NBA basketball game. I love basketball. So that was that was really cool. And, yeah, like, America is, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a special country. And, but yeah, now we're, now I'm going into the last weekend. So I'll do my 19th and my 20th race on Saturday and Sunday. And I, uh, I fly home on Monday. And I'm, uh, to be honest, I'm also, yeah, looking forward a little bit to, to go back home again. As you asked me about the, the mountain biking. And yeah, I look back at my schedule, like, hey, all the races I did. And it turned out, like, since the second week of May, I've not been home for more than like five days in a row. Oh,
0: wow.
1: So I've been only been gone. And then sometimes I was home for two or three days or like one day and then do my laundry, pack my bags or instead of a mountain bike, grab my road bike or this or that. And yeah, now in the U.S. also all the time, I was traveling from race to race to race. And here in the U.S., I've never slept in the same bed like for more than five nights in a row so it's always like two days there one day there four days there five days there two days there three days there so yeah it's uh yeah it's it's a lot of uh, a lot of traveling
0: uh you mentioned doing world cups you did three altogether can you tell me about those
1: yeah that was really cool i love the world cup in uh, in waterloo because yeah the spectators were like yeah as i said like in the race in europe there's a lot more people but here there's less people but they're really loud and yeah, there was was one guy who had like a barbershop set up next to the next to the course. So he was like cutting people's hair and shaving them and everything. So I started yelling at him with like one lap to go. Like again, there was like 30 seconds in front of me. Nobody 30 seconds behind me. Like I was yelling, can you cut my hair? Can you cut my hair? And uh, then it was like, yeah, sure, it comes back straight after the race. So after the race, I went over the finish line. Like, yeah, I went to the roller, drank my recovery shake, all that stuff. And then I cycled straight to the to the seat and he cut my hair and made everything nice again. So I was uh, ready for the next races. And yeah, that was pretty cool. And yeah, I love the course in Iowa. There was, uh, yeah, Mount Crumpet. Like I love to ride up the, up the mountains and up the hills. So yeah, it was, uh, was good. The World Cups are fun and, yeah, hopefully I'll get some good results in the European World Cups uh, when I'm home again.
0: You were selected to do the Euros, but you didn't actually go because you wanted to stay in the U.S. What made you uh, decide to do that?
1: Yeah, so as I said, I, uh, I was traveling with that uh, with the Genfun team. <clears throat> and they're from a town called Northampton. And Northampton actually has the oldest international cyclocross race in the U.S., and that was last weekend. It was the 30th time they had this race. And um, yeah, so and they, those people, they, yeah, they drove me to all the races. They helped me out. They give me a, a house to live in. And I could use the van, like the team van, to go to the races. So I promised them, like, whatever happens, I will be at your race. So it was for them also really cool. I was the first guy from the Netherlands, whoever was at the race, and was the 30th time. And it was in the same weekend as the European Championships. And uh, yeah, it was for me just uh, more important to, uh, yeah, to keep the, keep the promise to the people who've, who've yeah. helped me a lot here in the U.S. Because yeah, it was something I really, really wanted to do in my career one time, do a season in the U.S. And yeah, without them, I, I would not be able to do it. And yeah, then it's of course a bummer to not do the European Championships. It was in the Netherlands. But yeah, for me, it's uh, it's more important to, if I promise something to someone, it's more important that I stick to my word. And Yeah, the national team coach, they called me like a week before the race. Like, hey, uh, we want you to race European championships. And I just won the race in Indianapolis. But then I had to fly home on Monday. Then I have a jet lag on like, oh, well, by the way, I couldn't even fly home on Monday because I was in Indianapolis and I had to drive home to here to Northampton 14 hours because I had the van of the team and my other stuff was here. So I had to drive home two days, fly back to Europe on Wednesday. Then I would be home on Thursday. Of course, then you have a jet lag, so you're just tired mm. on, on weird times. And then I had to race European Championships on Sunday. So it's also like, yeah, if I, if I go home, like, yeah, how, how good will I be at the European Championships? Like, I'm probably standing like, just want to go to sleep while I'm standing on the sideline there. So I was like, yeah, then I just keep my word, stay here in the US and had a lot of fun. And yeah, hopefully next year back in the European Championships, who knows? Yeah.
0: What are your plans for when you get back from the U.S.?
1: So I fly home on, the, well, as I said, the Monday after, uh, after the race. I think it's 15 or 16 November, something like that. Uh, then I take one weekend off. So I don't race the weekend in, I think it's the World Cup in Coxida. And yeah, if I take a few days off, be happy to be back home, sleep, take it easy. And then just work really easy towards, I think it's the World Cup in Besancon then in France. So, yeah, hopefully I'll, I'll be back racing up in the World Cups then. And I wanted to go to the, <coughs> to the races in the UK in the second week of December. So I'll probably do those. And there's some World Cups uh, really close to each other in the Netherlands and Belgium. You have like Rukven, Namen and Antwerp. I'll probably do those. And, yeah, I, ma- I made a list of 12 more races. So mainly like some of the World Cups. First and second of January, I tried to race in Luxembourg and Switzerland because I always, yeah, I love to race in Switzerland. Then it's national championship weekend. Like, uh, I think it's like the eighth of January. Then the weekend after there was another race in the UK. So I might, uh, I might come back to my uh, to my friends at the United Kingdom. I always love it there. And then I, then there was the World Cup in Hoogerheide. Well, and then if I get selected for the World Championships, I go to the World Championships. And if I'm not being selected for the World Championships i go on holiday
0: <laughs> thank you so much Gossa, for telling me about your time racing in the u.s and a massive good luck for the rest of your season
1: yeah thanks a lot and you you even more good luck for the rest of your season
0: oh, thank you i'm uh,
1: following all the racing you do so uh, we'll be good
0: thank you so much to Gossa for chatting with me i'm really excited to see how the rest of his season goes He told me some amazing stories and it was really fun to talk to him. You can hear some more stories from Gosser by listening to his original episode and you can find that with all of my other episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, my Buzzsprout website and all the usual podcast places. My podcast is also available on Instagram and Facebook at cycling.talk.podcast and on Twitter at cycling underscore talk. Don't forget to give me your feedback and share the podcast with your friends. See you on the bike.